Hello, and welcome to the Student Ministry Conversations podcast with your hosts, Russell Martin and Brent Aiken. This podcast is all about equipping, encouraging, and inspiring youth pastors weekly with topics that are brought to the table by youth pastors from all over the world. And now, here's your host for this week, Brent Aiken. All right. Hey, guys, welcome back to the Student Ministry Conversations podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brent Aiken, and today I'm sitting down with Blake Durham. And so uh, if you caught my last episode, this was kind of unique because last week I was teach- uh, I was talking with one of my former youth, Ty Lust, and now I'm actually speaking with my youth pastor, who is now a associate pastor. Um, and so it's been kind of an interesting two-episode transition. Um, but so Blake, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and uh, we'll get started. All right. Uh, first interesting thing is I'm actually having lunch with Ty when we get done with this. So that's who my, my lunch meeting is with today. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, it's crazy. He actually texted me last week at camp to see if I was free in the next couple of weeks for that. And turned out today was a good day for both of us. So um, anyway, that's just free information right there that, um, well, such as all of this will be free information. But um, as far as me, I am... I am the associate pastor and student pastor, whatever that um, entails, typically high school and college at St. Luke's United Methodist Church here in Midland. Um, Been here for two years doing this after seven years in the panhandle. And so, yeah, um, I did youth ministry exclusively for 17 years, something like that, since 1996. And um back in it now in the last two years being in St. Luke's, which is, has been an interesting re-entry, I guess is what that is. So, um, but I'm, I'm in Midland, which is where I grew up. And so that makes it kind of a fun thing. Um, just being home. It's, it's interesting. Been all over the place. It feels like. And so, um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of who I am. Um, I'm married to Ronnie, been married for 23 years. It'll be 24 in, oh, I almost said November. That'd be wrong. It's December. We'll be 24 years. Um, we met in college. We have three kids, Avery, who's 20 and going into her senior year at West Texas A&M, Aspen, who will turn 17 next month and is a junior at Grady High School and Knight, who will be 15 in November and will be a freshman at Grady. And so, um, it's kind of who we are. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so, especially with the conversation that we're having today on building common ground, the other thing I want to ask, because I think it'll kind of transition well into the rest of what we're talking about, hobbies. What do you enjoy doing? What is like, if, what's your favorite thing to waste time doing? <laughs> um, or let's spend see, what time do I doing, depending doing? on. Yes. Yeah, it just kind of depends on what the hobby is as far as it's spending time or wasting time. Um I, I've always enjoyed comic books. I know that was something that um, was a big thing when I was in Sweetwater and we could talk about that and, you know, the movies and stuff like that. So I love, um, big fan of Marvel, Spider-Man, Daredevil is always one of my favorites. Um, I like DC stuff, kind of the more, I don't know, second tier characters, Green Lantern, Flash, those guys. Um, tried to collect comics for a long time. It's been a while since I've actually bought any comics, but I try and at least keep up with what's happening there. Um, so that's fun. Um, 
Let's see what else. Lately, my big thing is I've been playing pickleball um, as often as I can, really. And so if you're not familiar with pickleball, it's like miniature tennis oversized ping pong is the best way to describe it. Um, it gets lumped in with table tennis, badminton, that kind of thing. So you play on a smaller court with paddles instead of rackets and a wiffle ball. And I mean, that's, that's kind of it. It's easy to pick up, but you know, it's taken me a long time to figure out how to do certain things. So I like to do those things. I enjoy when I have the opportunity um, to do theater type stuff, you know, did drama and theater all through high school, um, have a minor in theater for whatever that's worth as far as my degrees go. And um, I've had opportunities to do various things, but that's, it's just something I enjoy doing. Um, and then I like hanging out with my kids. I like reading and playing some video games. That's, that's my time waster right there is playing NBA 2K, whichever year it might be. Um, and so that, that will consume a whole lot more time than I realize it's going to. Yeah, so without a doubt. That's, that's probably about right now. That's kind of where I am. That's what I've got for everything so sure. as far as what i like to do cool um and so i think this is something that we kind of all feel like we know an answer to um or we might have our own answer um but in your words what is community so in my words community is that that group of people not necessarily just family although they can are definitely a part of it um but it's that group of people that you're able to come together with, identify with, find common ground with, however you want to look at it, that is able to surround you in times of need, uh, be there to help celebrate um, in times of joy, that that kind of thing. It's that group of people, however large that may be, that you have common interests with, that you're able to come together and um Oh, for the churchy sounding answer to do life with each other. So that's kind of how I would define community and what I look for when I'm searching for community as well. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, as we're kind of talking about that today and finding that common ground for community to happen, for building those relationships, um, what is the purpose or what is the importance behind community specifically in the ministry setting? Oh, in the ministry setting, the importance of community, what the, I have found, honestly, is it gives as a pastor, as a, as a youth worker through the years, it gives me someone that I can, or it gives me a group of people that I can share with that maybe steps outside of, of the framework of church, um, which is an important thing when you're in ministry to, to kind of have that, that group that community, those people that you can go to outside of where you're serving um, that maybe aren't as connected with, not that they don't go to church or anything, but maybe they're not connected with your church um, to be able to step out and say, hey, I need this break from ministry. Or I need to be able to vent and you don't know these people, so you're safe for me to talk to. Um, that it, I wouldn't tell them that, but you know, it's that feel. And so, but community also helps to, in ministry, it helps me to refresh, to kind of find my bearings at times um, when I feel like maybe I'm getting a little bit lost or, you know, don't know what to do or how to react to something, that kind of thing. It's, it's that. Um, 
as a pastor, one of the things I do, this is very a slight bit of community for me, but I tell people I do a lot of theology and sermon prep by committee. And so I've got a community of guys that I've gotten to know through doing school, through various things that when there are certain things that I'm trying to figure out, um, like for a sermon, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase something. Um, I've got two or three guys that I can go to and say, hey, how does this sound? Does this make sense? Does this seem theologically sound? You know, that kind of thing. Um, and so that's, for me, that's the importance of it. It's that community can be that sounding board. It can be that group that lets you relax, that helps you refresh, lets you figure out, in some ways, who you are and, uh, or who you are again um, in those moments when things have, you know, maybe in the hustle and bustle of, of things like that. So yeah, that's how I would say it. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think this question can kind of be taken two different ways. And the first one can kind of seem, I guess, a little easier to answer. So we probably won't spend as much time on this one, but obviously um, finding common ground in ministry or in Mm -hmm. people that share the profession, um, it does seem to be a little bit easier um, on saying, Oh, well, we're, we're all youth pastors or we're all right. in ministry or something to that nature. But how do you go about finding that common ground to build that relationship with people that aren't involved in ministry? And this can be for just personal, personal building growth. Uh, just so you have that network of friends right. that you can hang out with, or it can also be, maybe you're trying to reach this person that doesn't have the common ground yet. And you're trying to find right. that common ground. Yeah. Um, for me, when it comes to trying to find that common ground, it's it's about figuring out where I can go for that, right? So I mentioned earlier that one of my favorite things, one of my hobbies has been theater and doing community theater type things when I have an opportunity. So when I lived in Quitman out there in East Texas, um, where I was able to find the most common ground and build community was in a theater group. Because where we were in Quitman, there were there was a community theater in Quitman, there was a community theater about ten miles away in Mineola, and there was a community theater about a total of twenty five miles away in Lindale, and I was able to get involved with at least Quitman and Mineola and get to know those people. And a lot of those people were not necessarily ones that, um, well, they weren't in my church. They may have gone to church other places. Um, but you know, it, but it put me into that community, helped me find that common ground with them, uh, because it was something we all enjoyed. We enjoyed, you know, doing plays and being on stage and, and doing that kind of thing. Um, when I was in Higgins there, right in the panhandle Higgins, little bitty place, it's 350 people, maybe. Um, and so went there for my first appointment serving as the pastor and to find my common ground. Um, one, I found some theater stuff in Canadian, the next town over, which is about 25 miles away. But in Higgins itself, being so small, part of where I found it was there was a group of guys who met every morning at nine o'clock at the bank there in town to drink coffee and just visit. And so started doing that because, well, it, it helped me get to know some of the guys in town, some of the people in town. Some of them were church members. Some of them were not. Um, and it was helpful because I was the young one, you know, at late 30s into early mid 40s. 
I was by far the, I was, I was at an age where I would be most of them. I would, I was the age of some of their kids. And so, um, if not grandkids, well, no, probably not grandkids, but they weren't that old. Um, but you know, it was all these guys that were in their late sixties and seventies and even into their eighties. And so that was, that part was interesting. I didn't have a ton of common ground with them at first, but you know, we kind of kept looking and digging, finding it. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's it for me. That's how I go about it. I find that place. I love, I love the, and I don't know if everybody can kind of relate to this, but the small town old guy coffee, I mean, pretty much you can find it anywhere. And it just, it varies depending on like what you have available. One of the places that ours was growing up in Sweetwater for sure was our Whataburger. Um, And there was the same group of old people that would like just show up and like, it was literally clockwork every single day. All of the staff at Whataburger knew them by name, had their order ready for them when they walked in the door. Um, And it was this super cool um, experience, but it's one of those things that not only does that community work towards just enhancing the time that they have together with them, but it also had an impact on all of the people that were working at Whataburger, all the people that were just coming in to get breakfast late or do whatever. It was just this opportunity um, to build this relationship of people. And it had a very, very larger external impact than they probably ever realized it had. Um, and I think there's some definite beauty in that. Um, so tell us a success story or so to speak of, uh, when you built a relationship off of common ground and it resulted in life change. All right, so I had to I had to think about this one a little bit, and sure. and again do things by committee and whatever. And so I, I talked to Ronnie and said, "Hey, um, help me help me with this because sometimes even when those stories are there, right, we have a hard time. I have a hard time accessing them right at first immediately, and so then it it takes a little bit of thinking and memory jogging. And so there was this guy when we were in East Texas. Um, got to be a really good friend of mine. His name is Ben Patrick, and he is the theater teacher at Gilmer High School now. Um, has been for probably close to 10 years. And um, we got to know each other through doing theater stuff together. Um, I think the first show that we did together where we officially met was The Importance of Being Earnest. And the select theater, as they called it, in Mineola was putting on that production. It was their uh, winter production, I guess, is this first show of whatever the new year was, 2011, maybe. And we were both cast in that. And we were in like what would be the, considered the two leading roles, uh, male leads in that. Is. And so just from the very beginning, you know, he reached out to me and said, hey, man, um, would you like to come over and we'll hang out? We'll go, we'll do lines, you know, start learning our lines together because we knew it was going to be a big a big undertaking. And so we started with that. So I went and I hung out with him and we just kind of started to take time to get to know each other. Um, I got to know Ben as a Cowboys fan that, I mean, like a a diehard adamant Cowboys fan had season tickets to the Cowboys, um, which was awesome. Um, Also right uh, there. That is, (laughs) that is, I mean, that's, it takes a lot to put yourself through that much suffering at times. Um, and there's been a lot of that in the last 26 years with the Cowboys, 
but you know, also uh, like a diehard Rangers fan um, and a diehard Mavs fan, which we got past that um, to really build our friendship. But uh, because of being a diehard Spurs fan, that's kind of the way that went. So, although I will actually claim the Mavs nowadays, um, and a lot of that is due to Dirk and Luca. Um, so, but that's another story for another time, probably. Um, but anyway, so we got to know each other through that, and we got to where we could talk about sports. But it moved beyond that. We could talk about other things. We had theater in common. We had sports. But he got to know my family. He, you know, loved my kids. He knew them. He would come and just hang out and spend time with them um, as well as with us. And, you know, we got to do things together. I actually got to go to a couple of Cowboys games with him, um, which was fun. And I was – I think we went one and one at those games we went to. Um, but, you know, just got to have a good time doing those kinds of things and hanging out. Um, and, you know, I, we would talk about different things. We'd talk about faith here and there. Um, you know, he's one he'd grown up in church and at least off and on. But, but at that point in his life, it wasn't as big a deal. Um, he had kind of, you know, that early 30s and, and kind of put it off a little bit and was looking for other things and doing other things. Um, but, you know, we just visit about it every once in a while. And I'd tell him, you know, what I was doing, doing youth ministry and, and stuff like that. And, um, and then about two years ago, three years ago, somewhere in there, it's, it's been, well, maybe four, three, four years ago, whatever it was. Um, I got a, a text from him, which, you know, we text each other on occasion, um, got a text from him said, Hey man, I just wanted you to know this. And so he sent me a picture that he had taken of a, he had filled out an application to be a volunteer for the youth ministry at a church there in, I think it was in Gilmer, it was either Gilmer or somewhere right there along I-20 or 80 or whatever it is in that area um, that he had started going to and um, wanted to be a youth volunteer. And so they were asking questions about, you know, faith journey and stuff like that. And in that application, one of the things that he named, one of the people that he named was me as being an influence in his life when it came to that and coming back to God. Not something that I had ever intentionally, you know, like gone, I had never gone into the relationship going, this is how it's going to be. And this is what I'm going to do. It was just the natural outcropping of it um, and stuff. And so it, you know, that right there and then talking to him about that saw life change for him but also just the relationship that I got to develop with him through those years was life-changing for me. Um, and so that would be finding that common ground of theater and then sports and pop culture and whatever that then resulted in, in life change for both of us. Um, that yeah. would be my, my success story right off, off the top of my head. Um, I'm sure there are others, you know, because it's what I've always tried to do in ministry and, youth ministry and stuff like that um not always as easy to know how those things go that's the that's the other thing is sometimes you never really know how those things go whether it's in ministry or just outside of it um until much later so sure sure yeah um and so you kind of talked about this a little bit with um i guess the conversation but uh, especially with the bank um, and or not the bank, but going, yeah, no, going to the bank, sorry. I'm mm -hmm. um, going yeah. to the bank and having that coffee um, moment. And 
it kind of leads me to another question of, uh, you said that at the beginning, you were really just like, yeah, I'm just kind of here. Like, and we had to really, really dig deep, um, to find that common ground. And so, um, what can you do? Cause it's inevitable when you find the occasion where there isn't much or any common ground to start off of that you can just be like, Oh, yep. There's my entrance right there. Cause sometimes right. like it's just open conversation and they're like, Oh, I'm a cowboy saying, Oh, well, like, do you catch the game last week or whatever? And like, there's a boom instant window kind of thing like that. But for the times that you're like, man, they might as well be speaking Greek. I don't listen to, I don't do any of the stuff that they're doing. Um, how, what, how do you go about finding, or in this instance, digging deeper to find that yeah. common ground? Uh, some of it's just for, you know, lack of a better term, the word that sounds funny anymore when we say this, just that, that probing type of thing. Um, you know, is that, I don't know, being in oil field country, you know, at this point, you kind of realize that sometimes that's just what you have to do. You have to just kind of start dropping things in and, and exploring and trying to figure out, okay, is there something here? Um, and so that, I mean, that's, that's it. Sometimes it's just like, for me with the the coffee group, like I said, they were all at least 20 plus years older than me, probably at least 25 years older than me. Um, far more life experience, far more, you know, any experience, especially since most of them had grown up in that town or that area. Um, and so for me, early on, it was just listening. I just had to sit and listen, you know, listen to their stories, listen to them talk. And from there, um, I guess just being patient would be another way of thinking about it. Um, start to figure out what there was in common, what things were there, or find something that they talked about that, you know, seemed like a big thing for them. And then do a little bit of figuring out on my own about it. You know, so if this was a, an important thing for them, um, I, and I, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head that they did. I had a guy who was, he was an army ranger in Vietnam. Um, he was a church member and, and stuff like that. And so, so mainly I could sit and listen to his stories and then try and find, you know, is there a connection I can make here? Um, I have a cousin who is an army ranger, I, not that I ever brought that up, but it's, you know, it's that kind of connection. And so we'll be finding those connections, talking about the community, you know, what was it like here in whatever year, you know, what was that, that like, how was that? Um, so yeah, so a lot of times it's just, for me, it's listening and, you know, just kind of figuring out, okay, what is there that maybe I can jump on, latch onto, do a little bit of research into or whatever to figure out um to in some ways create that common ground um because it's not always easy sometimes it's just that little bitty sliver um that you find but then you have to kind of keep keep trying to expand from there is at least that's my take on it that's how i try to do various things like that so yeah no and i would i would definitely agree with that i think listening is super important um for the instance of i mean even the Bible says that we should be slow to speak and quick to listen. Um, right. And I think that will help you more than harm you in just about any situation. So always learning to just shut up and listen is a yeah. great skill to have in any aspect of life, but especially oh, yeah. in this one as well. The other oh, thing yeah. that I would say is uh, this, 
going in and doing the research is one that's really, really good. And this actually goes back to um, when I was in college starting in youth ministry at Abernathy. Um, I was, a, I've always been a tech savvy person, always been into technology and what, what you can watch and everything like that. And I had a youth group that was primarily filled with kids that were in 4-H and FFA and kids that were um, out with their dad farming cotton and uh, sorghum right. and then everything else. And I was, I mean, I was a duck without a pond, man. I mean, like it was one of those things, but um, I think unintentionally I had one of the most God- given moments of my <laughs> early life um it was i was a communications major at texas tech and uh i due to me transitioning schools and apparently taking some classes that i wasn't supposed to take or i took classes twice or something um it, they were telling me that i was going to graduate in five years and so I was just mass communications at the time. Um, one of my youth parents at the time um, was the associate dean of the College of Agricultural Communications and Natural Resources at Tech. And she was like, hey, come by my office because we were I was sitting at a basketball game watching her daughter and a couple others play. And I was talking to them and mentioned that it was going to be graduating in five. And I was super frustrated about it. She was like, hey, come by my office and bring your transcripts. And we'll see what we can do if you transfer over to our department. And so sure enough, uh, I end up doing an ag comm degree instead, agricultural okay. communications. And it was one of the best things in the world at the time, though. I was not thinking it at all. I was just like, hey, she said I can get out in four and a half instead of five. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah. Um, but I had to take all the intro ag courses. And so I had to learn about this industry that I had no clue on anything and everything. And right. so I had to go in and do all these introductory courses in ag, which really, really helped me kind of well round out my approach on how I could speak to these kids and have these opportunities for finding that common ground. And like I said, that was not, that was not a, Hmm, I think I'm going to do this so I can go talk to these kids better. It was very much. God was just like, here, you're sinking. Like <laughs> here's a life raft. <laughs> Um, and I think sometimes that happens too, and we have to be open to it. I mean, yeah. sometimes researching needs to be on your own time, but sometimes opportunities will be handed to you as well. Yeah. Well, um, it's, it's important in that, that aspect, you know, especially like with youth ministry, what I always found is that if I need to find that common ground with the students, especially as I'm getting older, right? Because it, I'll be 47 in October and my kids are not that, you know, that close to my age. Um, and they keep getting younger all the time, it seems, right? And so um, yep. So I have to figure out what are they into and how do I then find out about that and, and use it? So we got a, we've got a girl here in Midland that, like, she loves, like, sword fighting and, you know, combat type stuff like that. They have an actual thing here in Midland that it's like a sword fighting class that, they can do and you know it's just one of those but she does that and i haven't done a whole lot of research on it just yet but i'm i'm probably not gonna start sword fighting um i just don't know how well that would go um but it's there it's something that she enjoys one of the things in sweetwater way back in the day um the reason i started reading the harry potter books 
right? Was because we had a large group of y'all that were reading. And I knew that if I wanted to have anything to say about them whatsoever, I needed to know what was in them. And so started reading them and, and it, you know, in that way it, it created some common ground with some of the, some of those students there that had read them and had read them faithfully, you know, like the whole, we're waiting for this book to drop because it's such a big deal. I, I had the, uh, the privilege of binging the first like four or five books before you could binge watch series, right? It was, I had to binge read the Harry Potter books up through like five or something. Um, but it gave me that common ground with a lot of, them. um, and it is sadly the same reason I read the twilight books. So take that now, for what it's worth. You are a better man than I am right there. <laughs> um, that is not one that I'm going to take time to read, but man. thankfully that's kind of a died out phase. Now you don't really hear yeah. that being a popular trend anymore. Yeah. Well, we hit these texts the occasional, and I had girls that were reading them. So yeah. Other than the occasional team Edward or team Jacob, um thing that's yeah. thrown in there you don't really you don't really see that as a pop trend anymore yeah but yeah and that's that's not a bad thing so <laughs> so yeah to kind of go i guess on the flip side of that obviously mm -hmm. there's some occasions where it might be hard to find or some occasions where it's like really really easy to spot and just be hey we're gonna jump in right here are there any downsides or things to avoid that you have caught along the way that can hinder relationships being built, trying to maybe trying too hard to find that common ground or um, anything in that realm. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, that's one of those things that in thinking about it and trying to figure out sometimes, sometimes you can, I think you can try too hard, or maybe you have that one little sliver of common ground that doesn't go beyond that no matter no matter how hard you might try with some of it um i had a guy in higgins that tried to get to know and all we had in common i mean there were a couple things but the main thing we had in common was basketball and that was it that's really for the four years or so that that we were both in higgins that was it. That was the major connection. And things didn't really go much beyond that. Um, you know, neither one of us really able to find that, that next step with stuff. And so, um, which, yeah, I mean, that's, that is where things like that can hinder you. Um, Cause sometimes it doesn't matter how hard you try and find that common ground. It just doesn't, doesn't always work out. Um, you know, which is, is sad. And it's not that, not that, you know, I ever really let go of that relationship, but it didn't ever really add anything. I don't think for either one of us, as far as like, oh yeah, I'm a better person for this. Um, it was, yeah, I enjoy basketball. We were both Spurs fans and there you go. I mean, we didn't even really talk about like the Spurs or anything all that much. We talk about high school basketball and I mean, that was, that was really about it. So hey, kids the same age and stuff like that, or at least, you know, his daughter and, and Avery were the same age. And, but I mean, that was, that was yeah, it. That's yeah. about as far as it went. And not that it hindered anything in our relationship necessarily, but sometimes when, when you can't find that common ground, when you can't expand on whatever it is, um, 
that becomes the hindrance because then you're just kind of, I mean, you're stuck in a very one dimensional at times, uh, one dimensional, maybe two dimensional, very flat type of relationship that doesn't really grow um, one way or the other. And that's not necessarily anyone's fault. Um, it's just kind of the way it goes. So, but it, it makes it harder to build that relationship when you can't get past those one or two things and find other common ground. Yeah. So. yeah. And I, I think that there's, um, I think that there's definitely ground to say this here at the same time though. It's okay to have <laughs> conversation like relationships that don't go anywhere. Um, yeah. that doesn't mean that like you failed at that relationship. That means that someone else has an opportunity. Um, and I'm sure someone else had more, uh, opportunities for building relationships. And I think that's something that we can really fall into a trap on, uh, self-esteem and everything else is it's like, man, I can't even connect with this guy. Like, yeah. how, how am I going to do this? If like this guy, I mean, we had this basketball connection and like, I can't even make it past basketball. And it's, I mean, we've talked for four years kind of thing. I think sometimes that can kind of, um, go against our own psyche and kind of Mm -hmm. mess with our heads and it's okay. You are going to have, uh, for the people listening, you are going to have conversations. You are going to have relationships that you build and you keep just for the sake of keeping them. Um, and they're really not going to go anywhere. Sometimes you will literally just be the smiling face that they can, that they know they're going to see. And that's okay. Um, and you really, really never know the outcome or the impact that that alone will have. Um, but that also just has a opportunity for a door to be opened, um, that they can open down the road, kind of just like mm-hmm. with your, the friend that you mentioned at the beginning of y'all just doing theater and everything else is like, he had, he didn't have to text you back and be like, Hey, just thought you should know that I'm like signing up to be a volunteer at the youth group. Right. Like that's a door that he opened, but the groundwork was set just by the actions that you took. So, um, super, super cool. Um, and I think that's really, really important. I think it's something that we can oftentimes see as a failure. Um, and it's in, in all reality, it's not. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's one, one of the, the hard things, things that we see is yeah. we always feel like, oh, it has to be the super successful type of relationship and, or else, or else we've done something wrong. It's, you know, and everything's going to crash and burn, but that's not always the case. Yeah. So, well, and that's the thing is I, I, I love, I heard this, I don't remember where I heard it from. But one of the things with Jesus and how like he's going and like doing these miracles is like, you know, if you'll notice after just about every single miracle that Jesus does, he does a parable and it confuses half of the half of the group. And they're like, dude, this guy is whack. And like they take off and leave. And the disciples are like, hey, wait, hold on. Wait, like you're losing people. Like what? Explain this to us. (laughs) Like and he's like, I don't I don't have time like to like cry over these people that are like not necessarily going to build this relationship i'm gonna keep doing what i need to do and i love that fact and just the fact that i mean if it was even having that priority of like you know the relationships that i am building come first um was even an impact in jesus's ministry like jesus definitely had the like not necessarily for lack of a word premier relationships um but he did have relationships that he fostered far more intently um, than other relationships. And sometimes he just like said things to make people leave. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah. I mean, if we're modeling like Jesus, I think that's okay. 
Um, yeah. So. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at that, you look at, you know, your example right there using Jesus. It's one of those things where, yeah, you know, I mean, just, I'm just thinking even in, you know, Judas obviously comes to mind. They obviously had some sort of common ground. Judas was intrigued. He was there. He was with him throughout the three years of his ministry. Um, and yet, ultimately, that relationship didn't quite pan out the way that, you know, that you would want. Nowadays, we look and go, well, we completely messed all this up. And it was, what, what was even the point of being in that relationship? But then you think about, you know, the first thing that came to mind was John chapter 3, where Jesus has conversation with Nicodemus. Right. And so we get this little snippet of this conversation with him. You know, their little bit of common ground is the law and this kind of thing. And, you know, it lasts for however many verses there in chapter three, 17, 18, 20 verses, whatever it is. And, and you don't hear anything about Nicodemus again until the end, where he is one of those who stands up for Jesus during everything that's happening and then helps with the burial and that kind of thing. Right. And so, you know, who no idea how early in the ministry it was that they had that conversation. I say never get the impression that they're still in contact with each other throughout the rest of it until the end. And you see the impact that that had, even though that common ground they held was was probably very small in that moment. And Nicodemus didn't completely understand everything Jesus was telling him to start with. So, um, so, yeah, so. You know, that's even the way Jesus did relationships was, you know, you look at Nicodemus to start with and think, well, that may have been a failure because they didn't really connect. He didn't fully understand. And you yeah. get to the end of it. You go, OK, it was actually a bigger deal and more impactful than we realized. And Judas, you'd look at and go, well, of course, the relationship is there. They're together for three years. They're spending all their time together, that kind of thing. And then again, you get to the end of it and it all falls apart. And so. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and nice. I think sometimes we can we can definitely even kind of be shell shocked by um, reactions that we get even in our own. Uh, I definitely have had some people in the past that have been like, "Dude, you were you were pivotal in like my understanding and development of like <laughs> what I understood as like uh, my relationship with Jesus and everything." And I'm like, <laughs> Like what? Man, I, yeah. I had coffee with you like three times. Like, <laughs> but it's just one of those things. Like. Yeah, having that common ground and establishing that common ground sets the doorway for them to walk through later. Um, and it's up to them to walk through that doorway. It's up to yeah. them to bring that conversation back. But sometimes it does work. And sometimes it happens and we get to see the fruit of it. And then other times we're like, man, did like anything I said to that person like stick at all? Yeah. And we really, really don't know. Um, but yeah. that's kind of the beauty and the curse behind uh, relationships is yeah. we sometimes we never get to know the actual end game outcome. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, and that, I mean, building relationships and finding common ground in ministry is absolutely essential and pivotal. If you're going to, I mean, really, honestly, if you're going to hopefully have an impact, at least in my, in my own opinion, I, you know, um, you know, it's one of those things where you've got to be able to find at least that little bit to open a couple of doors. Um, you know, otherwise, I, I read a, a great thing a few weeks ago about, you know, we like to talk about speaking the truth in love. And it's like, but unless you have a relationship with that person, they're not going to hear it as love. 
And that's why that common ground and stuff is absolutely essential in my view of doing ministry. So, yeah, without a doubt. So for any pastors that might see this part of their ministry as a weakness, um, what would you recommend that they start with? <laughs> it, it sounds a little bit, um, such a loaded question. Well, I, I don't know the word that I want there, but I mean, cause the, the answer is you just have to do it. Um, and, but you also have to take into account who you are, right? I mean, you have to understand who you are. There's a big difference in finding common ground and, you know, um, that community for someone who's extroverted as opposed to someone who is introverted, right? Um, you know, you see that thing all the time. It's like, oh, how do you, as an adult, how do you make friends? And someone's answer is like an extrovert adopts you, right? I mean, that kind of thing. So as a as an extrovert, which I, I consider myself fairly extroverted, um, you know, there's times like with pickleball, right? Started playing in September. And one of the great things about it here in Midland is that it has helped me to form and get into a community of people that I likely wouldn't have known otherwise. Not likely, I wouldn't have known them otherwise because um, I wouldn't have encountered them anywhere. But as an extrovert, I was able to get in there, jump in, start talking to them, um, you know, start playing and being terrible, um, you know, and, and stuff, but just doing that and getting to know some people. Um, for an introvert, that's going to be different. You know, for Ronnie, who is far more introverted than me, that's not how it's going to go. It's going to be a little bit more, you know, little bit you know small step but not even maybe a full step but like a half step at a time you know to check things out and how's this going how do we do this how comfortable am i with you and getting to know um you know with sharing myself and, and learning who you are met a guy a couple of weeks ago playing pickleball never seen him before in my life um he was to me he was a representation of what i imagined john the baptist to look like right because he's got this big barrel chested guy gray hair that was just like it looked like he was trying to escape his head almost. Like, I mean, just exploding off of there. You know, the big bushy gray beard, same kind of thing. And and uh, I played pickleball with him like twice that evening I, at the end of the night. And he was so extroverted about everything. I mean, everything, like, whoa, wow, that was awesome. Did you see that shot? Just hit that ball. Ah! And talking to another guy that had played with him a day later, a couple days later, he's like, man, so we were like in our second point that we had ever played together. And he's like, man, that's a great shot. And smacked him on the butt with his paddle. And he's like, we don't know each other. Right. I mean, but it's that, that kind of thing. Right. I mean, he is, that's amazing. that is that extroverted. I'm out here. This is who I am and what I am. Now I've played with this guy's son. And I don't know him real well either, but he's going to be the opposite. You know, he's got a much more tame beard. Um, you know, he's, you know, Bill, everything about him is different. And this other guy is, you know, the son is even more introverted seeming and a lot quieter and softer, softer spoken. And so, you know, so you got to know the difference of, you know, in your own life, you know, you know who you are and we know who we are for the most part. Um, and so how you go about it's going to be different. You know, if you're an extrovert, you're just going to jump in there and, you know, honestly, if you're an extrovert, I don't know that you're going to view building community and finding common ground as being a weakness. Um, not that it can't be, but sometimes we don't see it that way. Um, whereas, you know, for an introvert, you know, it's like, it's just like trying to build muscle 
trying to get better at something. You just have to do it and put in the work. Um, as an introvert, you got to just find those moments, find that group. You know, it doesn't have to be a group of, you know, 15, 20, 25 people that all of a sudden you jump into, you know, with both feet and cannonball or whatever. Um, maybe it's that small group of three or four that you can kind of, you know, add your toes into the water a little bit of a time, small steps in there until you get to know them. And then it just builds on that. Um, so, and on the extroverted side, sometimes that can be a hindrance. If you're just jumping in there, here it is. Here's our common ground is that can be overpowering for some people, you know, and they're not, and they're just not down with it. Yeah. I was about to say with the, with the extrovert side, very much your weakness can sometimes be shoot first, ask questions later. Um, and I think most extroverts would definitely fall into that category at least once or twice in their lives where they're like, yep, I remember that moment. I've already had that, um, where I, I jumped in way too hard and scared everybody out. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's that kind of thing you jump in and the other weakness that an extrovert has in that is probably thinking that their extrovertedness is actually just their strength. Um, like you said, you know, sometimes we go a little hard and, and jump in and you know cannonball it's almost like cannonballing into the shallow end or into like you know the kiddie pool um which hurts your tailbone when you land but still um you know it's that and all of a sudden all the water all the common ground that there should have been has been thrown out of the pool and you find yourself all alone and they're going well that didn't work the way i thought it was going to so so yeah Um, but yeah ultimately regardless you just have to do it um you know, if you want it to be something, and like I said earlier, I think it's essential to doing ministry. You've got to figure out who you are and how you best relate to begin building that community. Um, so, yeah, without a doubt. So, as we're kind of uh, wrapping up and closing out, how can people, if they wanted to reach out, um, connect with you on social media? Um, you have any shameless plugs for things that you're loving or enjoying right now? Um, have a secret like buy my comics website or something like that um, going on there you go no right but there. i've always thought that would be awesome to have that so right but for a long time it'd be cool to write a comic but then i'm like yeah i don't know what i'd say um i don't yeah. know what kind of story i would tell but um as far as how i don't know finding me on social media facebook you know on there it's just my name you know blake durham that's it um uh you know myspace is not really a thing anymore so um i I probably still have an active myspace that i haven't seen in a decade um so yeah uh right so find me on facebook like that twitter it's at wbd underscore 1023 um instagram again my name or wbd underscore 1023 same thing with snapchat um i think those are the ones i use most often let me let me pull up my social media folder here and see in case i'm leaving something out um let's see twitter oh i'm on tiktok i have no videos so um oh man i i know again i don't know what my voice is for tiktok um so and i've like i've asked my daughters and they don't answer um (laughs) so they're probably like oh just don't um so yeah yeah, marco polo i've got that anyway that's 
I said, most of it's just my name or WBD underscore 1023. Cool. And well, for everybody listening, we'll link all those on the show notes for this episode. But Blake, thank you for being on, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate all you've done um, and the relationships you built, including one with me um, forever ago uh, that definitely impacted my life. So um, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for being a part. And uh, for everybody listening, we will catch you guys next time. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it. Have a good time.